The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuvale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kuvale Agbayani, Alan, Mia with you on this Wednesday. Don't forget, it's Wednesday. So coming up after the show, uh, we have Sharks Weekly <laughs> right after at 9 a.m. We're actually like maybe like 9.05, 6 a.m. is when it starts. And also we have almost like your double dose of HPU athletics today because t- this evening we will have HPU men's and women's basketball, uh, starting with the women first and both games at Chaminade. Um Broadcast will begin at around 5.20 p.m. for the women's game and then the men to follow. The schedule says it's 7.30, but it usually depends on what time the conclusion of the first game is. So stick around all day long for our uh, HPU coverage. Again, after the show, we got Sharks Weekly, and I believe it is featuring men's basketball. So if you want to have that preview, there will be a couple of players, uh, Coach V in the house. And yeah, and then stick around for later today at 530 for the women's basketball game versus Chaminade, followed by the men's basketball um, game versus Chaminade out there at McCabe Gym, which I haven't been back to campus in like forever so it'll be really interesting to be back there um yeah I, I want to say I haven't even been back since I possibly graduated which was I mean it's not that long ago but <laughs> it, it's been a while so again tune in all day long and of course all of our national shows pretty much everyone is having a good old time at Radio Row out there in Arizona as we prepare for the Super Bowl. Uh, speaking of coming up a little later in the show we will talk more Super Bowl including just the amount of betting that is expected to go on for this upcoming Super Bowl 57 and give you a little um, talk a little bit about the most popular prop bet probably ever since it became a thing in that the national anthem. So it'll be a fun conversation just discussing the national anthem. Chris Stapleton, if you didn't know, is singing uh, this Sunday. So it, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about kind of like the history of it. And if you're going to have some fun with playing that. Take uh, me over. <laughs> the history will, well, the, the over is kind of long too. So the history may or may not matter. And in my opinion, this is probably the best time and it's like right on the money I think it's going to be or come really close. But we'll talk about that a little later. All right. And of course, as you heard Chaz Antai say in the sports report, um, probably the thing going on right now in the wide world of sports, LeBron James scored 38 points in last night's game versus the OKC Thunder to surpass Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's NBA all-time scoring record of 38,387 points. Uh, so LBJ's total current total points currently stands, I mean, because come on, let's face it, he's going to exceed this record as he's still playing at a great pace and out of his mind. And he'll probably play for at least another year or two because he has said he wants to play with his son, Bronny James, um, which I don't even think he's good enough to play in the NBA, but that's probably a conversation for another day. (laughs) So LeBron's total currently stands after last night's game at 38,390. But... Oh, there's a a but. (laughs) Yeah. 
baby got back kind of butt. Um, <laughs> it, what? <laughs> it's a big, it's a big butt. Okay, but but the Lakers lose. Which hello, last time I checked, it's a team sport, and I feel like it's it's really important to win basketball games uh, in that they lost. Granted, it was only by three points, but they lost nonetheless. And they are still doing horrendous this season as they did last season, ever since wearing their, in my opinion, their asterisk uh, NBA title in the COVID year, just like the LA Dodgers. Sorry, not sorry, Dodger fans and Laker fans. (laughs) But let's be real. Never really won before that for a long time. And then after that, never really winning on there. So... I will say in a shortened season, it's much harder because there is no room for error in a shortened season. Mm-hmm. Especially in baseball, there's no room for error. Like, you gotta, I, don't, I think it's almost harder to do it in a shortened season. Mm-hmm. And I hate the Dodgers with a passion, <laughs> with an absolute passion. Again, discussion for another day. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, that's fine. And I'm just saying that at the end of the day, the Lakers are third to the last in the Western Conference this year. And I think that's the part, like, don't get me wrong. It's still incredible to break that type of record. You still have to obviously sustain this type of physical ability. And and LeBron has played, they've said it, like a few Hall of Fame type of seasons, or like three, a total of like three Hall of Fame career or seasons for your typical person in, in terms of their career. And also he's played extended seasons because he has made it to the playoffs, like, pretty much majority of his career and then of course the finals and so you're putting all of that stress on your body and playing a lot longer than your colleagues and so it is an incredible feat but just for my personal opinion I just I care more about actually winning games and the fact that afterwards it's like I think that's why LeBron has always been like I don't love him like a lot of people love him like I'm more of a Kobe Jordan, and then of course you guys know Steph Curry type of fan. Um, like LeBron has just been too much a a me guy through, throughout his career. Like I'm King James. Oh, I'm gonna take my talents to you know Miami Heat, making this whole like spectacle of look at me, look at me. And hey, don't get me wrong, I think as in his personal life, fine. Like he seems like a great husband. He seems like a great father. I know he does a lot of stuff in the community, but. We're talking about just the game of basketball here. And the last five or so years, he's being worse than the European football players at this point, which how much he cries and like dives. And it's just like sad to watch in a way. And I guess you can say he changed the the game of basketball because now like I feel like the refs are more whistle happy and everyone just cries to the refs all the time, even though he's like bigger than everybody. <laughs> so I don't know. He just isn't. I'm sure a lot of you that have been listening to the show, you guys already have heard me go on this rant before, but I think that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is it's just, it feels, it doesn't feel as, woo, let's celebrate this because they're just doing so bad as a team. And at the end of the day, it's a team sport and okay, he's going to keep extending this record, but he's not going to win any more than his four NBA titles, which is great. And again, and that's another thing, four NBA titles, three different teams, and you're like, okay, <laughs> where all of the other guys with a lot of titles like Kareem and 
you know, Steph, Shaq Magic, and Kobe. Shaq. Well, Shaq has a couple of titles with a couple of different teams. Kobe, you know, they still have a lot. I mean, it's weird to see, think that LeBron has been this dominant, which is very impressive. But him and Steph and Clay, they all have, and Draymond and Andre Iguodala, of all people, have the same amount of. NBA titles, you know, like, and to me, when you look at it, because basketball is a team sport and like, yeah, it's cool breaking this record. It will go all down in the history books forever. And LeBron James is like, don't get me wrong, as much as I personally don't like his style and just his personality on the court, it is still an amazing feat. Don't get it twisted. This is still professional basketball. And to get to this level and this longevity and be dominant, it, it, it is saying something, but I... It's all about the eye test. You can tell that, like in basketball, especially, you hear me say this a lot, like the eye test is a big thing because it's only like five guys are both playing offense and defense. It's not like, okay, it's not like baseball, right, Alan, where you have on offense and things like Aaron Judge that we watched last season and how Shohei does both amazing things on both offense and defense. That's It's a team sport, but it's essentially off, when you're on offense, it's you're by yourself. Like it, it's all up to you. You know, it's you against the pitcher and whoever, whoever else is playing. In basketball, like, all right, you're putting up all these points, but your team doesn't win. So it's like, what are you really contributing to by doing all of this? Not elevating your team at the end of the day when it's a team sport all around. And like I said, I go back to baseball with someone like judge that we saw this past season. It's literally all on you <laughs> for baseball to go and be one-on-one that whole time. But, yeah, I mean, I understand your point. I, I think for LeBron James, it's hard to, to really root for this guy or get behind him at least and be like, like you said, woohoo, it's LeBron James. Like we, he's got a new title. Like we would with anybody else. We'd probably be like, you know, adoring him um, and, and him or her for their feet for whatever sport it is. But LeBron James is a different character. And, and it's like you said, it's, it rubbed a lot of people, his decision when he first left uh, Cleveland to go to Miami, the way he did it, the way he went about it, made it about himself. And like he was he was the god of basketball yeah. and he was the end all be all. He was he, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And people have never really recovered from that. I don't care what anybody says. People have really never looked at him the same way ever since. Now it became he's a spoiled little brat who just happens to be, you know, worldly in in, ba- in the game of basketball. But, but is he really godlike in basketball or is he just superior? Like, is he just his strength superior to others? Well, that's I think, the thing. I think he has God-given ability, I, physical, like physicality. I think his, his strength <laughs> is on a different, like, is, is godly. And uh, I don't know if his basketball skill per se is. But you look at guys like Kareem, Magic Johnson, those guys. Those guys' basketball talents were worldly. LeBron James is just stronger, physically more opposing than than anybody else in the league right now and he has his way and therefore he gets all the calls because he's the face of the NBA he's his personality just does not lend itself to be liked unless he's on your team of course mm-hmm. yeah and that's why but if like, you're not if he's not on your team you're just like screw this guy yeah and not in a way that you know you look at a Kobe or a Jordan you're like man screw this guy because he's just so good and like I'm jealous <laughs> LeBron just gets annoying and again don't get it twisted it's still an incredible thing to do to play this long and he does like he look like he's doing just fine at that age but 
I oh yeah, I go back to my previous point about the eye test, right? I saw Bleacher Report post this graphic, and this is what I mean, where it's just not as looking at the stat and the you know passing the record, but then you look at the body of work. Like at the end, maybe kids, you know, future kids will be like, "Wow, that's so cool! He did this record." But people like myself will know when you watch this guy play, he just gets very, very irritating. Because I go back to this uh, again, this post that Bleacher Report posted. LeBron 2012-2013 MVP season. That's when they won the Miami Heat won their second title when um their their back-to-back title when LeBron was there. He averaged 26.8 points per game, 8 rebounds, and 7.3 assists. Again, that's Miami in the 2012-2013 MVP season. Um, this season, 2022-23 season, LeBron averages, and this was bef- this was th- posted three days ago, so of course the numbers for this season could probably fl- flex a little bit, but it's still relevant to this point. Uh, he averages 30.1 points per game, so that's you know a few points more than what he did in 2012-13. Uh, he averages eight and a half rebounds, so half a rebound more. And assists dropped a little bit where he averages 7.1 assists per game. Again, if you look at the comparison, you're, you're initially you're like, wow, his stats are overall better this season than it was during his 2012-2013 MVP season. But you cannot like sit there and be like, wow, LeBron must be better now than he was back then playing for Miami. <laughs> and that's where I mean, like the 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 stats these days. And I think because they, they just give the ball to LeBron or he takes the ball basically and takes it upon himself because he gets he tends to be kind of selfish when he plays you can't collectively say if you're a basketball fan and be like only look at the stats right and be like wow LeBron James averaging more points he has to be a better player now than he was 10 years ago no way 10 years ago was peak LeBron James like his physicality and just all around like he was like so dominant but that's where that's where it brings me to that whole point where it's like yeah the stats are okay but if you'd like watch him play that's where I'm like I just cannot watch that guy play he doesn't impress me he doesn't make me want to watch a game to watch him play where I wanted to always watch Golden State Warriors he's a lumbering brick to me yeah like he's just not as when when you watch Jordan when you watch Kobe you're just like in awe of this the way that they play and of course they play defense they get back down on defense they don't pick and choose when they want to run back down on defense they're like "Uh, okay my team can take care of it you know I totally bricked the shot but I'm just gonna stand back here and watch my team play defense which is what LeBron will do if you guys have ever watched some games so again at the end of the day it's an amazing feat but it's just it's all and that again it brings me to my point about the eye test and why in basketball especially the eye test is like because that just proves it right there the fact that he's averaging more this season than he did 10 years ago but anyone that has watched basketball this whole time knows that that LeBron is a way better player than this LeBron so yeah I I agree I I think the thing for me is like when it comes to LeBron James too it's I I look at like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar he made his teammates better as well yeah as well as getting his points right so it, it, it that that record became it meant a lot more even though it's an individual record don't get me wrong I understand that but it made it better because Kareem made his players better, his teammates better. I look at LeBron James, and I never once have gone like he makes his team, his <laughs> teammates better around him. I'm like LeBron is just he got this because he's selfish. Yeah, he got this because he's an eye guy. He got this because it's all about him. 
himself, and he. Kobe made his, like, maybe not in his early years, but as he got older and he got a little bit more mature, he made his teammates better. Yeah. And Kobe and Jordan. Jordan like, made his teams better, like, would fight his own teammates if they yeah. weren't doing their work. That's why I was going to say, I get it. You know, like, they were probably, like, probably teammates of LeBron had better things to say about him than, like, Kobe and Jordan, but Kobe and Jordan were just straight up winners. Like they had that dog in them. It's pretty much like it's all or it's it's almost like how Kobe put up like what the 60 points or whatever in his last game. That's how I feel about LeBron's career the last couple of years. It's like, oh, let's just do him a solid and <laughs> give him the ball. Like Kobe wasn't balling out like that last game where he like I mean he looked good, but if you watch the game, it was like, okay, okay, we'll let you score. It's your last game ever, so we're just going to let you score. And he put up that many points. That's what I feel I like when I watch I can't believe LeBron. you just said that. Come on. Oh, Did you watch that I game? can't believe you just said that. Do not speak ill of one of the, actually, if not the, one of the best That's to ever play the game. I still, it, him and Jordan go back and forth. It's like, he's number two. When, when I watch highlights, I'm like, oh, he's the best. And then when I watch highlights of the other, no, he's the best. I think, no, it's, I, the I best. think it's Jordan, then Kobe. <laughs> I think Jordan, because Jordan played in like the most aggressive and brutally time of in basketball when like they pretty much like you would get, you wouldn't get any fouls called back when Jordan was playing and he still held his own against like that Detroit Pistons team. Bill Lambeer. Oh, oh my gosh. Trying to throw elbows at his face. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, again, it, it's cool, like part of history, but it just, maybe it's kind of, you know what? I think this is how, this is how Allen feels about Cristiano Ronaldo. Thank you. All right. I, it just hit me. This is, you know, like the guy. We're going to end on that note. The guy did does great things for the world, the sport of football and he's broken records and did all this stuff, but He's kind of a He doesn't jerk. make his Yeah, he's a jerk <laughs> and he doesn't make his teammates better. Yeah. I would say Messi though makes his teammates better. And he's just the all-around good guy. He's like Steph Curry. You're like you can't hate on that guy. He's just nice. <laughs> That's at the end of the day. Man, it's just weird. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we will talk uh our all about the betting wagers going in for this Super Bowl. Supposedly going to be a record year. Back in a couple of minutes on Wake Up in the Den. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Uh, talking in some Super Bowl, but more of the things surrounding the game itself as it is Super Bowl week. And I can't believe it's Super Bowl Sunday already. Oh, the last hurrah of football. And as I mentioned yesterday, and I'll probably continue to mention the last the next couple of days, I'm, I'm slowly becoming more excited about the halftime show in Rihanna than I am about the actual game. I mean, maybe if the Bengals were in it, I'd be a little more excited because you guys know why I cheer for the Bengals. But it's not. It's Patrick Mahomes again, and then Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, which I still think it'll be a good game. But we can get more about talk more about the game probably you know in the next couple of days. I wanted though to uh, talk about this, where they are projecting that over fifty million Americans are projected to bet sixteen billion. Dollars. That's with a B on as in the boy. Super Bowl. That's crazy. I know. So this Super Bowl 57 will be the first NFL championship contested in a legal betting state. 
and with a sports book just outside at State Farm Stadium. So you'll have everyone, like some people going into the game, and then you'll have some people trickling into the uh, sports book right outside the stadium. So per an American Gaming Association survey, that record 50.4 million Americans, so about 20%, plan to bet an estimated $16 billion on the big game, a 61% and a 110% increase from 2022. Wow. 110% increase to that $16 billion from last year. You want to know what's it's crazy. legal. Real quickly, sidebar. $16 billion. Imagine if all those people, how many, was it 20, 20 point something million? Oh, 50.4. 50.4 million people. If you just put that into like cancer research, that's 16 billions for that. Oh, but gosh. It, I'm just saying, it's disposable income when you think about it when it comes to yeah. gambling. So I'm just and saying. People like, can do whatever they want. No, I, no, I, get, no I, I get it. No, I'm, I'm just saying though, just it's the reality of it, right? You think about like, imagine if we had that because we're always fighting for funding for things. But it's crazy. I'm 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 interested in knowing though how much is actually on the game itself or all on the prop bets, right? Because someone was I, I overheard someone saying yesterday that the prop bets are actually more interesting this year than previous years and probably more interesting than the actual game itself. So I was thinking like, because me, I'm not a prop bet guy. So I'm like, I'm game. Yeah. But I wonder, like, for people though, are, are is this like does the Super Bowl pull out a bunch of casual betters that normally oh, wouldn't be 100%. there? Hundred percent, yeah. So then, is it all on? I mean, prop they, bets. It definitely does because when I went to the Super Bowl, like for uh, or not to the Super Bowl, but went to Vegas during the Super Bowl weekend with my girlfriends that don't really watch Super Bowl. Oh no, they were like asking me like, "What should I bet on?" Like they never bet sports, but they it, were just like. I want to make the because I don't know what's going on. Like I want to make this interesting, and what what am I gonna bet? And then stirring up that was actually we bet on the I don't know if it was the first or second year that Eli Manning beat uh, Tom Brady, but it was the so the Giants were the it was dog the helmet catch. Yeah, and then they we all won because they all followed my bet. But so uh, like just based on that personal experience, guarantee, and that's why they're projecting that's insane amount of people because you're going to yeah pull out. All of these, um, and I think at, at sometimes like they have even prop bets of the outfits that the halftime performer is going to wear, you know. And I mean, not the exact outfit, but is it going to be shorts or a dress or something? What's going to be the first outfit? And of course, the national anthem that turns into its own pregame spectacle, the uh, coin toss, the Gatorade color. Although with the Gatorade you can only you can't get it it's not readily available like the anthem just because it's a it can be skewed <laughs> you know somebody could tell somebody or somebody could kind of plan on what it's going to be and there's more guaranteed red i don't know the favorite though via draftkings last i saw was the green yellow color if it's Gatorade it's usually the red cuz it's fruit punch flavor fruit punch flavor if it's Powerade it's always the blue one that's not according to what the favorite is. So apparently it's usually green yellow, which I think it is usually green yellow. <laughs> it's not the lemon lime. What do these guys know? They're a bunch of desk. Well, that's what they're I a mean. bunch of uh, keyboard warriors. They're not guys that are actual athletes making these odds. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just stuff. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but that's the crazy thing, right? Like you're 
it's that's why you can't get some of these props at everywhere. Obviously, you can get the stuff like first touchdown, all those traditional ones because you can't um, somehow skew the results. But yeah, and then this is the interesting part too. The American Gaming Association Association found that 30 million Americans plan to place a traditional wager online at a retail sports book or with a bookie, <laughs> while 28 million plan to bet casually with friends or part of a pool or squares contest, which of course is very popular here. I mean, I feel like every fo- every party you go to has squares. That's kind of like and this is how you get Hawaii. away. Yeah, yeah and this is how you get away with it. It's a fundraiser. And the house doesn't take a cut. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it's a fundraiser for my niece's nephew's second <laughs> yeah. removed cousin who's going to the mainland for a tournament. What? It's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, who? Oh, no, my niece's cousin's yeah. first removed, second, third, fourth uncle, niece's brother. Yeah, give me 100 bucks for a square and 100 bucks for this square. But I thought I saw, that was funny. But 20, so obviously we're not, you know, exclusive to Hawaii. 28 million plan to bet casually with friends or part of a pool. If you're anything like when I used to go watch it at a big Super Bowl party, you're always like just everyone brings dollar bills and you're like, all right, dollar that this is going to happen. Like every single player just like, dollar that so-and-so is going to get the ball and then someone needs to match your bet and you just go back and forth throughout the whole game and I don't know it turns out pretty fun uh, <laughs> but traditional bets are expected to surpass the casual ones of course I mean you're not going to go and bet like thousands and thousands of dollars with like your friend I mean if you are then I guess kudos to you but <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to go to a traditional sports book if you're going to bet something big uh one of the interesting ones I saw yesterday was a better at Caesars Sports in Nevada. This was yesterday morning at 1130. So I haven't seen if there's one that came in bigger, but uh, a better at Caesars Sports in Nevada placed the biggest reported wager so far on Super Bowl 57 total. So the over under is 50 and a half. This better at Caesars bet the over 50 and a half, $270,039. And 85 cents. Alan, is that you? <laughs> Maybe. So, you know, because it's the biggest wager on the over or on the total score, then again, under. Because Alan feels like it's going over too. So I'm just. Guarantee I'm over. <laughs> I guarantee it. And when Alan says he guarantees an over, it's pretty. Uh, pretty guaranteed stamp and it's on the under. Yeah, it's pretty close to um, whenever Charles Barkley guarantees a win on anything as well. But I'm going to step aside real quick. When we come back, we will talk about the most popular prop bet, the national anthem. It's actually pretty, it was actually interesting when I was going kind of down this rabbit hole of the history of the national anthem prop bet, but and just the times and the recent times and the over possibly. We'll talk about that next on Wake Up in the Day. Got to change up the music so Alan gets to hear this awesome song all over again. <laughs> As we talked about yesterday, you're surrounded by girls, anyways. At the wife and your daughter, and you have me, your best friend, yeah. every morning. Yeah, every morning. <laughs> the one I think I see more than my own family. <laughs> And other coworkers here that you love so much too. And <laughs> That's right, they're all females here too. Yep. <laughs> Can't get away, Alan. Can't get 
away. All right, we're talking about the Super Bowl, but as it stands with the betting perspective and the record projected bets as 50.4 or 50.4 million Americans are projected to bet over 16 billion with the B total 15 billion dollars total on that big game this Sunday. Well, one of the most popular bets as it is every single year is that of the prop bet for the national anthem. Now, the Super Bowl 57 national anthem over under time is set currently and it has stabilized at two minutes and two seconds. It did go as high as 205, but right now it is settled at 202 and country star Chris Stapleton is singing this Sunday. I think the craziest fun fact, I haven't looked recently, but from what I could see yesterday in reports, the interesting thing is that there is no video of Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem anywhere. All right. Like, like usually with, with, you know, with singers, you'll, they're, they're, they've sung it before, even maybe if they were a kid, they've sung it. Uh, but before we get into this year's, just a little like history about it. Obviously, it's the national anthems and part of the Super Bowl since it was created in the 60s. Uh, 2007 at Super Bowl 41 marked the first Super Bowl where sports books offered the betting market for the national anthem length. Uh, Billy Joel sang that year and went way under the total that was set at 144, and he sang for 130. Alicia Keys has the record, and it was funny because I looked up, I watched part of the videos for some of these national anthems. Alicia Keys has the record for the longest rendition at 236. So it's been sung 16 times, and it has gone over nine times and under six times. And Super Bowl 46 in 2012 is when Kelly Clarkson landed right on the line at 134 for the push. So it's gone over more than under, but. Is the over, does it tell you who went over? Yeah. So Okay, okay, okay. I will venture to say this. So prove me wrong. I will venture to say this. R&B singers tend to be the overs. Country singers, rock, rock, rock artists, country artists tend to be either on the money or, or under. Am I in the ballpark with that statement? Yes. Well, it's kind of funny because so last year was Mickey Guyton. She is a country singer. Yes. And like they're, they're sticking with the country theme, obviously, this year. Actually, the last few years. So Mickey Guyton. Probably went the best thing to do to be. <laughs> way past the over. So the OU was start. Last year was 135 and her actual time was 152. Uh, the year before in 2021, it was actually a mix of R&B with Jasmine Sullivan and then Eric Church for country. And the over under time was 159 and it went way over at 217. So the last couple of years have gone over with country artists or country artists that were a part of the national anthem. And before that, it went under with Demi Lovato at the actual time was 149 and the OU was set at 155. All right. I will say the Eric Church one is because that's a duet. Duets usually are yeah. a little bit longer. Um, the the Mickey Guyton one, that's a little odd that a country singer would go over on it because generally country singers will stick to it or what it is. Um, R&B singers tend to put runs into their notes um, just because it's natural. So that's why I say like R&B singers tend to go a little bit longer because they put these runs and they try to 
they try to be creative with the the rendition see, of and it. And that's when you have to look at the actual country artist. Like Chris Stapleton has I mean, he's done an eight minute version of Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. So Chris, you know? So that's what I was gonna say next is Chris Stapleton's gonna break the mold for country singers because one, he's very melodic, very slow. And very long-winded on on his songs. Like you li- listen to Tennessee Whiskey, you listen to Broken Halos. Um, uh, I'm a country guy, so Chris Chris Stapleton's just his his actual songs are a lot real slower paced. So I would think this would be a lot longer than it's, it's at 202 right now. Yeah, it I went as high as 205, but it's I think 202 is pretty on the mark. Exactly, and, and I and I don't and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think Chris Stapleton's gonna make this rendition his own like a lot of R and B singers try to do. He's gonna sing it the way it is. He's just a lot long winded on his notes than other singers are, so he's he's very slow paced in his music, and so I I think 202 is pretty much on the mark, maybe a little under, but I. I I'd venture to say two and two, or maybe a little over. Is, is no the way again, to go and that. I I told that's why I was like I think it would be very. I think that's a really good um, line in terms of kind of these odds makers getting used to to just the history of it because I put the comparison to other country artists slash pop Luke Bryan in twenty seventeen. So Luke Bryan's over under was at two oh nine. And his actual time was under, but 204. So not way under. He's pop, though. No, but then if you listen to, so I listened to the, or watched the video of him singing the national anthem. And just the pace, I'm like, see, I can see, I can imagine Chris Stapleton kind of going at that similar pace that Luke Bryan did. So that's why I'm like, oh, if he was at 204, like dang, watch he comes out bombing it. Just, <laughs> just gonna oh, take it, she. Like, it I'm just, gonna be so thrown right off it. if Chris Stapleton of all guys like just speeds rips it. through it. Yeah, because he's a different type of artist in country. Like he's not, you know, he doesn't go at that really quick pace and like how you said, like in his regular. It's almost like songs. a crooner, so to speak, in the country. Yeah, and then he, you know, he's gonna play like the guitar. So usually, if they're playing an instrument, maybe like it slows it down a little bit, right? So, so I'm like, oh, yeah, because you gotta make sure your fingers keep up with it. Like if it was at one, you know, minute something, I would have been like, oh, over all day. And then, but the fact that it's right, I know, I'm like, dang. And then, like I said, for comparison, um, I don't know what what is what is the rights these days when it comes to NFL YouTube videos. I was like, can we can we play a portion of it so the beautiful people can like hear what it yeah. sounds like um, on YouTube for Luke Bryan? Anyway, so Luke Bryan national anthem. Just so you guys kind of get an idea of the speed that we are talking about, um, because like I said, if you if you're a fan of Chris Stapleton and he's like Tennessee whiskey is a song that a lot of people, if, even if you don't like country, are likely familiar with or have heard before, but. Um, yeah, Luke Bryan singing the national anthem is kind of in comparison when I think of Chris Stapleton and just his style and his country music that he does. So this is to kind of like, America, this is Luke Bryan. Anthem, please welcome four-time entertainer of the year, country music superstar Luke Bryan. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early Do you think it's too slow? You think Chris Stapleton is going to be faster? No, I, I, I think Chris Stapleton will, will, will be that pace. Right? Luke, Luke, that, that's not Luke. Okay, I, I'm shaking my <laughs> head because that's not Luke Bryan. That's. 
that's pop Luke Bryan, like putting runs in there that he normally wouldn't. Luke Bryan is not Luke Bryan, like who, like I know Luke Bryan is, like because when he, the, the before pre, he was pre American pre American Idol. Idol when no one knew who he was, right? Except for country fans, we're like, okay, that's Luke Bryan. And then then American Idol happened. He's on the camera, and now it's social media, and now it's like, who is this dude? <laughs> See, so it's like I can picture Chris Stapleton, but that's because Chris Stapleton and but Chris and Stapleton I, will and, be that. And chances melodic. are he will be playing the guitar. Like Luke Bryan's not playing any instruments or anything. So, um, and Alicia Keys, she obviously was on the piano when she did her. Um, national anthem so in when was that 2013 so when she did her national anthem her again she has the longest the over under was set at 215 that time and she was at 236 so way over and yeah it was really really slow but she was doing her alicia keys thing and playing the piano and then at the end right she's like when you think it's over then she does like another vocal thing and then it's over as long as it's not fergie i'm all right Oh, that's right. That's who it was. I was talking to somebody and I was like, do you remember that basketball, that NBA game? And who was it that sang the national? And none of us could think of who was it that sang the national anthem where all the NBA players were trying not to laugh. So Fergie of the Black Eyed Peas tried to do this jazz rendition. Like she tried to make a jazz ensemble of of the national anthem. And and one, Fergie's not that great of a singer to begin with. Let Then you try to like, make a rendition of the national anthem that is nowhere near what it's supposed to be. And it was, it was disaster from the get go. And I, I give credit to the NBA players for not like just, well, you could see some of them. They're like, they had, some of them had to turn away. (laughs) Yeah. They couldn't hold it in. Uh, Some of the other ones, some of the line or the length of song or singing before you could actually have lines for this. So again, it started in 2007 where sports books made this available when Billy Joel sang the national anthem 144 was the set time, and he was under at 130. Um, after that, oh look, here's another one: Carrie Underwood, country popish, but over hers was set at yeah, but not over two minutes though. So her There's line, her line was set at 141, and she went 147. So not in the two minute mark like some of the other country artists, but still over. Um, Dixie Chicks were at 133. Yeah, we don't claim them anymore. <laughs> but this was back when you could. This was 2003. So this was before a line you could, or sports books had lines for this. So this was 2003 Dixie Chicks. They went 133. Uh, Mariah. That's pretty, that's pretty standard. Yeah. I think. Mariah that, Carey. Over? Mariah Carey went 156. This is all pre-lines. Uh, Faith Hill, two minutes. Pop. There's a theme. The country artists you're saying are the pop ones. They're all over. Who else? Like I love Garth Faith. Brooks, one forty-five. That's pretty. I mean, one thirty, one forty-five is pretty. That's. I mean, I get it. That it's and it's so when you get to the one fifty range, you're kind of like, okay, we're getting kind of long here, guys. Imagine these football players, like they want to get going, like they're not trying to sit there for like three minutes, going like, bruh. See, so is Garth Brooks? I'm trying to. I mean, Garth Brooks is like the biggest Garth country, country artist in the world, and he is still very traditionally country, and. So do you think Chris Stapleton will stretch Garth out longer singing than Garth about Brooks? taking a bat to your windshield and keys to your car? Next time you'll think you'll think before <laughs> cheating on me. Like, no, I'm talking about like 
Chris Stapleton because Chris Stapleton is still no, very so, country. So, so do you think he'll be closer to like a Garth Brooks style at that one forty-five? No, because Garth is a Garth has a little bit of rock to him. So mm-hmm. Garth Garth is a little bit more quick pace, right? So Chris will be around that two minute mark just because he's a slow singer naturally. But it, but what you're gonna get from him is what I'm saying is you'll get a natural Chris Stapleton. You're not gonna get a fake Luke Bryan. <laughs> So maybe it'll be under then, because again, Luke Bryan, his actual time was two oh four. Over under was set at two oh nine, and you heard how slow it is. So if you think Chris Stapleton's going to go a little quicker than that, then again, the line this year is set at two oh two, and that's why it's kind of right at that that sweet spot. And by the way, another comparison, last thing here as we wrap up our national anthem talk, the one national anthem that mostly everybody is familiar with, the Whitney Houston rendition in ninety one. Hers, because that was kind of like a normal pace, but at the end, of course, she has like that big note, was 156. So keep that in mind if you're a little curious. But at the end of the day, it's just fun. Um, you know, like just pick a side just within yourself and be like, oh, I think it's going to go under and set your timer on your phone. And it's just fun to to do uh, and you see a lot of videos where people are like watching the end of the anthem and they have their phone up and the timer and you see either people get really sad or really excited on the length of the national anthem but hope everyone yeah it's just a fun pre-game that and then of course the coin toss is like just fun before the game starts you're like oh <laughs> like how it gets you going. Like, it gets you excited for the actual game. All right. Got to step aside. We'll be back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. You're late again. No, I, I got was it on not. Time. No, I was on I time. You on were time. early. I was on it. You were not. You were early. I was on it. I was on it. No. We're talking about the clap, by the way, you guys, because I know the mics weren't on when we initially tried to clap. Your claps suck. My claps are actually really loud. I know, they are. Yeah. So, and I'm I don't even try. Actually. Like, I don't even try. I mean, yeah. I think it was. You have a nice cup. I guess. But it's like, even if I don't even try to purposely. See, it's like a loud clap. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho. All right. So. By the way, going on right now is the final state of the Billabong Pro Pipeline as we have it up on our screen. It is still the bracket stages. The men are up right now. So from some of our Hawaii surfers, the only Hawaii surfer to make it into the quarterfinal round is John John Florence, who had like a killer day yesterday scoring a 9.93 and a 9.4 uh, to advance to the quarterfinals and you guys like scoring that high of a score especially two scores that high is pretty incredible and and he basically did that by looking like he was like getting closed out in the barrel and then he did the like what even the announcers were like oh what what <laughs> he yeah, made it i thought out. he got rolled and i thought it closed out on him that's when we were watching the replay of it and yeah. i didn't I hadn't seen it yet and i had asked you i was like dude is he okay like where where is he and nope. then all of a sudden he shot out and then i was like did he really barrel that and and come out unscathed 
Yeah, so that was one. And the other one, he got barreled, not as long as that ride, but when he came out of the barrel, he did like an aerial and landed it. So it was pretty impressive. But John John Florence is the only Hawaii male surfer to advance to the quarterfinals as our other guys have gotten knocked out. If we take a look at the women's side, they still have yet to do their semifinals. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday that in one semifinal are the two remaining Hawaii women in Carissa Moore and Betty Lou Sakura Johnson. So that'll probably go down later to get today. Weather looks beautiful out there. Waves look beautiful. So, um, yeah, check it out and check out the replay. All right. have to tell you, you beautiful people about uh, one thing. If you want to say aloha to the Aloha Stadium or the event is called Aloha from Aloha Stadium, it will be on. This is going to be your last chance to kind of go to the Aloha Stadium, walk around. It's going to be on Saturday, February 25th. Um, They'll have a limited tour and viewing of the Hawaii Sports Hall of Fame. Old Queen Street Stadium Museum will also be there with memorabilia. Uh, The event is from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., 10 to 11, there is a free admission portion, but there are also like tiered admission ranging uh, from free to the $10 per person. So it's still very much affordable. So if you want to go, I believe the free, there is like one time slot. I saw it yesterday that is sold out. So if you guys are interested in going, you should go and get your tickets now because it's probably going to, I mean, I don't know what the capacity would be for this because it's the stadium. So it's big. (laughs) I don't know. It's probably a lot that you can fit, but if you want a specific time slot, so from 10 a.m. to 1130, it's free from 12 to four, it's $7 from five to nine, it's $10 per person. Uh, because there's going to be entertainment as well. So there's an entertainment stage, photo booth, cakey art zone, um, other live art, barefoot league field activities, including drills, runs, and more. That's from 12 to 4. Field goal kicks. Hey, yo, right up my alley. <laughs> field goal kicking. I, d- I definitely have to do I don't. I don't think I've ever kicked a field goal in Aloha Stadium. I kicked one at AT&T Stadium, but not at Aloha Stadium. So I got to make that happen. I got to go and kick a field goal in the lowest stadium before we can't no more. Huh? I guess I got to go to this thing. <laughs> well, I'm like, wait a minute. All right, you're going to tear you're going to pull your hammy. I just realized, no, I just kicked a field goal the other like during sisterhood social last year at Clarence T. Ching Athletics Complex. I think I'll be fine. How far out? Mm, that one was like 25. All right. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Do you know who I am? <laughs> you know who I is? You know who I is? Um, so, yeah. So, this is, again, February 25th. You can get your tickets at Eventbrite. Uh, if you want to easily find it, though, I do have it up on our bulletin board on hawaiisportsradio.com. So, if you go on hawaiisportsradio.com and click on the little bulletin board tab, it'll be the first thing on that page. Um, so, it'll give you a little more information and there's a link to get the ticket and to get more of the details parking will be cash only um there is an unguided stadium tour so i think you can just walk around and see like it says uniforms from the late colt brennan and of course timmy chang and more of our players from the uh there's going to be food and drinks so it's really a big celebration and as it says saying aloha to aloha stadium which i think will be really really cool and um I don't think I can. Yeah, I can't stay there the whole night because that is a basketball game that night. That's senior night, actually, for basketball. So I'll be there earlier in the day for sure. Kicking a field goal, challenging Allen. 
you don't want this smoke. What? I can't. Actually, I can't. I'll, I'll, I'll legitimately tear a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to do <laughs> What do you mean oh you can't gosh. come into work? That'd I told my so hamstring. What'd you, how'd you tear I'm, your hamstring? I'm sorry. <laughs> how'd you tear time. your hamstring? Well, I was trying to kick a field goal with Kutule Aguayani. And then this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> see what happened was yeah so there's gonna be a bunch of stuff there's even gonna be live music i think that's why the admission later in the evening is um the, you actually have to pay there's live music by like or live entertainment because i was like music by sean not a while uh frank de lima which is pretty interesting and again lots of retail and everything so go check it out and yeah we'll make it a big thing kicking a field goal me versus alan just kidding i got this <laughs> No, please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I got stick, a daughter to think about. Stick, yeah, stick around after the show. Sharks Weekly uh, coming up right after this, featuring men's basketball, and also coming up a little later, we will have men's and women's HPU Sharks basketball as they play at Chaminade. Uh, broadcast begins at five twenty. Women's game starts at five thirty, and the men's game to follow around seven thirty tonight. Well, hope you guys had have a good day for Alamia. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye. Your home for USC Trojans football. KGUAM K236CR Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.